0: Greetings, and welcome to Alternative Artifacts, a museum in your ear. The podcast that explores the strange stories behind the most unique objects in museums' collections. Ever wonder how a gigantic, naked George Washington ended up in the American History Museum? Or why there's an entire museum dedicated to art made from human hair? Now you can listen to the stories of America's most iconic objects. From your favorite exhibit, or from the comfort of your own home. My name is Lexi, and today, I will be your tour guide. As mentioned in our previous episode, this season is focused on the Smithsonian Institution. Throughout the season, some of the object stories we explore will expose the complicated colonial history of the institution. Some will reveal how museum methods affect objects, and others will provide a glimpse into the lives of objects beyond the confines of the museum. Today's object represents a cross-section of these topics. What do you picture when you picture an artifact? Is it something man-made or natural? Does it fit inside a bread box, or could it be an entire room? Today's first object is, in fact, an entire room. If you ever visit the Frere Sackler Gallery in Washington, D.C., You will notice that one gallery sets itself apart from the rest. You see, the gallery itself is a piece of art. This work of art is the Peacock Room, a decadent, excessive expression of wealth, which is sometimes home to rotating displays of Chinese porcelain and occasionally has been left empty to accent its own artistic prowess. the Peacock Room is complex. It is a story fit for historical drama, entangled by conflicts over money, creativity, and presentation. Frederick R. Leland was a rich shipping tycoon of 19th century England. His personal hobby was collecting Chinese porcelain. Frederick displayed this vast collection of porcelain in his dining room. On one wall of the dining room, he presented his most beloved possession and the focal point of his home, a painting by artist James McNeil Whistler called The Princess from the Land of Porcelain. This painting was a fitting accent to the vases and bowls which surrounded it. The painting depicts a Western woman dressed in traditional Chinese clothing. Eventually, Leyland's collection outgrew his current dining room. In order to design a new display place for his collection, Leyland commissioned the architect Thomas Jekyll to update his space, Considering the importance of Whistler's painting and the overall aesthetic of the room, Jekyll decided to ask the artist to work alongside him. In particular, Jekyll was hoping Whistler could provide guidance on what color scheme would best suit the painting that Leyland saw as the focal point of the room. However, in the middle of the project, Leyland left London for a trip and shortly after, Jekyll fell ill. With Leyland abroad and Jekyll unable to work, Whistler gained total control of the design of the room. Going beyond his duties of assigning colors, he began to develop intricate details for the room, including designing the golden bird patterns, which would later give the room its infamous name. Returning from his ventures, Leyland arrived to his home, and instead of a classy new dining room, he found a gaudy, overdone art project with a price tag far higher than he initially proposed. When Leyland refused to pay Whistler the full commission for the extra work he had completed by his own will, the angry artist just kept adding even more gold-gilded birds to the walls of the dining room. In a flash of rage, Whistler painted two shimmering gold peacocks, mid-battle, on the wall, directly opposing the princess of the land of porcelain. This duel of featherful fates was a metaphor for the tension between Leyland and Whistler. The artist titled this portion of the room Art and Money, or The Story of the Room. Or as I like to call it, you're tearing me apart, Leyland! In 1904, Charles Lang Freyer, a whistler collector who'd already purchased the princess from the land of porcelain, purchased the rest of the peacock room. He had the room dismantled, packed, shipped across the sea, delivered to his home in Detroit, and reassembled, reuniting the princess and her peacocks. Over time, Freyer filled the room with his own personal collection of ceramics, from Japan, Korea, China, Iran, and Syria, a collection which would later become the permanent collection of the Smithsonian's Freer Gallery Museum. When the Freer Gallery of Art was first opened in 1923, the Peacock Room was installed as a permanent exhibit, serving both as an art piece and as a place to display artifacts. The Freer has been its home ever since, but in 2014, the Peacock Room for the first time was forced to face its own reflection. Into a room of red light and melted gold, you feel a shiver run down your spine. It appears as if the darkness itself has weight. An eerie familiarity lurks between the rows and rows of broken vases, each painted a unique shade and pattern. They crack and crumble, many of them barely remaining on the shelves. Some of them have already reached the floor leaving traces of their former form in a smashed trail behind them. The emotion invoked here begs you to ask, where have I seen this before? From behind the walls and under the floors, the sounds of women's voices and strange, distant music echo. They whisper, I am a thing of beauty. Or is it the mysterious painting of the faceless woman, the one in the kimono? Is she whispering? A red light blares behind closed shutters on the wall like blood emerging from a fresh wound above you two huge birds vie in a life-or-death battle their golden wings outstretched they seem to tear at each other's guts both beautiful and tragic with their intricate and shining feathers with your eyes you trace the melted gold which runs down from this image and across the hardwood, reflecting the red rays from these false windows. This piece is not just a feast for the eyes. Rather, it is an experience for the whole body. This is Filthy lucre, a twisted, modern update of the Peacock Room. Filthy Lucre is the modern piece which serves as an in-depth commentary on the role of wealth, art, and power in both modern and historical contexts using the original Peacock Room and its story as a guide. Filthy Lucre is Darren Waterson's dynamic response to the Peacock Room. In Watterson's vision of the infamous piece, he uses artistic metaphors to demonstrate how the tensions developed by the creation of the intricate room represent the social tensions of modern America. For example, The melting gold which runs through the desk onto the floor and even outside the room represents the Gilded Age. In simple terms, a time when things seem to be going quite well, but underneath it all, they are corrupt. An age gilded in gold. Not only does Watterson intend to reference the Gilded Age of the 19th century, but he also intends to evoke conversations about the modern Gilded Age in which we live now and use the historical time period as a metaphor. Filthy Lucre serves as both metaphor and commentary connecting images from the past to issues of the present. In 1876, Whistler saw Leyland as a crook for hoarding his excessive amounts of money and refusing to pay for the painter's services. This act was a microcosm to the state of the world economy during this era. As more nations were industrializing in the 19th century, it seemed the rich grew richer and the poor grew poorer. Watterson effectively paralleled the image of the Gilded Age to today through the visual cues in his piece. When you see gold running down the wall and onto the floor, you may pause to think of the exuberant spendings of the wealthy in our society. These lavish purchases, much like the gold melting onto the floor, hide the dark modern issues surrounding how money is acquired. Beyond the visual cues in the room, sounds make a strong stance for Watterson's themes. The voices and music in this room come from three women who call themselves Betty. Generating score for the room, they used ambient electric string instruments and then repeated the mantra, I am a thing of beauty, which they speak eerily and haphazardly. This draws in the visitor, both with fear and curiosity. In the context of the room, the sounds continue to convey a theme of destruction and distortion caused by wealth, just as the melting gold in broken vases conjure images of wealthy negligence. The whispers of women convey vanity, a trait often associated with the rash decisions of the wealthy. In a modern world plagued by hunger, homelessness, and poverty, the rich still grow richer and the poor still grow poorer. In this way, Watterson compares the state of the world which inspired Whistler's artistic vision to the state of our modern world. The artist presents a dominant theme of negativity towards those who choose to hoard excessive wealth, even at great cost to the poor. This theme directly connects to the title of the piece, Filthy Lucre, which is a term literally meaning money, especially when gained in a dishonorable way. Interestingly enough, the title and meaning of Filthy Lucre itself directly relates to a very current issue in the museum industry, the issue of museums taking money from philanthropists who earn their fortunes in an unsavory way. Arthur M. Sackler, whom the Sackler Gallery at the Smithsonian is named, is a member of the Sackler family. It has recently come to light in the museum community that the Sackler family's pharmaceutical business was heavily involved in the sale and spread of an addictive pain-killing drug in the United States, which has led to the death of many Americans. For this reason, Protesters have asked many institutions, including the Met, the Louvre, and the Smithsonian, to erase the Sackler name. The Louvre was the first to fully remove the name, but the Smithsonian has asserted they will not be removing the name for the foreseeable future. If you are curious for more details, please review this week's further readings that I believe show a broad scope of details surrounding the issue and address it in a much more thorough manner than I am possibly capable of. Unfortunately, you can no longer see Filthy Lucre which was on display at the Smithsonian Freire Sackler Gallery as part of an exhibition called Peacock Room Remix from 2014 to 2017. Currently, there is no set date for another exhibition of Filthy Lucre, but photos of this piece are available on the artist's website, darrenwatterson.com. You can, however, view the Peacock Room daily from 10 a.m. to 5.30 p.m. at the Freyr Sackler Gallery, 1050 Independence Avenue, Southwest, Washington, D.C., The current display featured in the Peacock Room is called the Peacock Room in blue and white, and it is a collection of Chinese ceramics representative of how the room looked in the 1870s when Leyland was the owner. The Peacock Room shutters are open every third Thursday from noon to 5 p.m. Viewing the room with the shutters open provides a whole new perspective, allowing visitors to see the way the natural sunlight accents the colors of the space. In extreme weather, the shutters are not opened. tip of the week. Missing the sticker activity book of your childhood? Love museums? Check out Stickertopia, the museum, by Quintet Publishing Company. The book is available for $7.89 at Barnes and Noble, and you can check for local availability on their website. Stickertopia and Barnes and Noble are not sponsors or anything. I am just an adult who loves sticker books and appreciates cool design, and I wanted to share something that makes me happy with all of you. Want to learn more? Show notes, including sources, further reading, links to cool stuff, and podcast transcripts for each episode are available through our Tumblr, alternativeartifactspodcast.tumblr.com. Alternative Artifacts is hosted through Anchor FM, a free hosting service for podcasts of all kinds. You can subscribe to us on Anchor FM directly or through Spotify Podcasts. Interested in sponsoring an episode? Have an awesome idea for an episode? Want to be a guest star? Email us at artifactspodcast at gmail.com. Special thanks to Dr. Seuss Anderson, whose class on museum ethics and values in part inspired the form this episode took. Theme music was created by Nord Groove and downloaded via Fuge. Additional music by Durrell and also downloaded via Fuge. Remember, as Tommy Wiseau said, if a lot of people love each other, the world would be a better place to live.